0: hey guys anna here and welcome to today's podcast the my voice in this podcast is extremely deep for some reason and i don't know why so kind of just ignore that and plus i I don't know why just ignore that thank you for listening and we had satya on and she was just amazing
1: now back to the episode hey guys i'm ash
0: and i'm anna and welcome back to the offbeat podcast
1: and today we have Sasha on her show. She's very, very popular on Instagram. And I've seen a few more things about her, which we'll get to
2: <laughs> later on. So, hi Sasha Hi Ash and Thank you for having me on Off The Beat Podcast. And I'm very excited to be talking to you guys today that's so excited if you have ever been
0: on instagram and like just like scroll through the reels for like hours hours you have definitely seen her she's like the girl with the crazy hair and amazing food Mm,
1: yes food and crazy hair wow that's like your identity like the description thank you i love that (laughs) (laughs) so can you give us a small intro about yourself
2: um hi everyone who's listening i'm satya i um off Instagram, I work at an edX startup. but on Instagram, I make a bunch of reels on hacks to learn different things, like hacks to learn Kannada, chemistry, Malayalam, you name it, I have a hack for it. And I also have a Chuma Cooking series where I teach people easy ways to cook delicious food.
1: Food, wow. So talking about food, how did your channel
2: Chuma Cooking start? Um, I've always liked cooking but I think I got into cooking for myself on a daily basis when um, I was working in Delhi and that was purely born out of a need to make healthy food because I was trying to get fit and I found that you could make like healthy food very tasty as well and I found it very therapeutic to come back home after work and then just like chop onions and chop tomatoes. I found that so relaxing and calming. So I started sharing that on Instagram as well, and I found that a lot of people also want to learn how to cook, but they are too intimidated by the kitchen. So I thought, okay, let me let me show you guys how easy it is to make all of this stuff. It doesn't take too long. It's not too expensive. You save a bunch of money, and you get onto a really healthy lifestyle as well. So that's how Chuma Cooking started. Um, and I would say it started about in December 2019. Um, that's when I started regularly doing it, and then it just kept growing from there. 2019,
1: I didn't know that it was way back. Oh damn! Yeah,
2: I was a really tiny page uh, up until I think um, September 2020, uh, where I up until that point I was doing just food and like just sharing things from my life because it was mainly my friends on my page. Um, and then when I started the hacks to learn series, it kind of like blew up so now i'm kind of splitting my time between the cooking and the hacks and just kind of balancing and experimenting with different kinds of content
1: that's great i'm most excited about talking about your hair what's happening with your hair (laughs) okay i've seen your journey okay i've stalked you so much i've seen your hooked show And then I've seen that short hair and then you shaved your hair completely. And then I saw your reel where you changed color every month. (laughs) What's happening?
2: Yeah, I, um, I think hair is one form of self-expression that uh, I think we limit ourselves to mainly our hairstyles or our haircuts, but I feel like you can really push the envelope with when it comes to hair color, even when it comes to hair length, right? So I've, I started experimenting with hair color when I was back in college and then I couldn't really afford to go to the salon. So I would like look up on the internet and find like these tricks where you could use like lemon to bleach your hair or you'd buy like the really cheap bleach that you'd get at like these shady shops and I've bleached my hair with all of that. Um, So I've experimented with that and then gone on to color my hair and all of this is completely self-taught as in I've just watched a bunch of YouTube videos being like okay like this looks easy okay let me try it like this and so that's just what it came out of and um, I think a lot of people are scared to color their hair because of two reasons one a lot of people say that my parents don't allow me to color my hair which I kind of I mean I get if you're under 18 but if you're above 18 I genuinely don't understand that concept (laughs) because your hair is your hair right part of your body Um, I don't really understand why you need someone's permission for it Uh, but then again that's like a personal thing right um, and second, people are are really afraid that it will damage their hair. But my point is, look, hair keeps growing back. So if you get a haircut that you don't like, it'll eventually grow back. If you get a hair color that's really damaged, you can always like chop it off and it'll grow back. So that's what I like about experimenting with hair color in the fact that it's so transient and it can keep changing. It's not permanent, which also gives you a chance that if you make a mistake, it's fine. You can... Move on and it'll be fine. For a few days it'll it'll, it'll be few it's fine. Um just don't step out, but the rest of it is okay.
0: Talking about hair, I'm really like your posts about body positivity and you know being positive in your own skin. <laughs> Seriously, like people actually like learn a lot. They actually learn how to approach the matter more than just be like, you know, I'm an advocate for this and actually understanding and talking about it.
2: Yeah, so um, again, uh, when it came to body hair, uh, and just being very open about it, I think I also like you said that people sort of look at it and it becomes a conversation point when someone posts about it. That was how it was with me. It was through Instagram that I came across other posts of people with body hair. And then I was like, okay, my legs aren't that weird, or my hands aren't that weird, or the rest of my body isn't that ugly or weird because i'd never ever ever seen anybody else any other woman with body hair like mine um so i eventually became comfortable with it because of the lockdown and i couldn't go to the parlor right and then it was through conversations conversations with friends who through the lockdown went to these crazy lengths to remove their body hair just because like they were on a video call with someone and i was like it doesn't even matter like why Are you putting yourself through so much pain uh forget about the pain that that's up to you your pain tolerance but putting yourself through something dangerous um just so someone will not pass a comment on you when you yourself are okay with it um so I think the idea came out from there to just you know tell people that hey body hair is actually is what is normal it's it's like all of us have it, and it, it, we just we just conditioned to think of it as something ugly, unhygienic, unclean, uh, and we we um, make do go through all of this effort to hide it. Um, and the fact that uh, if someone else who is like a hairy girl like me can see it and be like, hey, you know, it's okay, it's fine. I'm not. I don't have to go through this cycle of like hating how I look or hating what I am. It's fine. I mean, if there's one person who makes it makes them feel good about themselves then great i mean that's that's the whole point of it right
1: it takes a lot of guts to like post something like this and then how were the comments like did you read through the comments
2: um i would say so the thing is i had posted something like this earlier also in july when that whole in in the height at the height of the lockdown right and my like like the hair on my legs just growing out like crazy and then there were some comments about it's so unhygienic or you know women are supposed to have smooth legs it's what makes them attractive things like that uh, but I would say that a large majority of it was a lot of women saying you know I'm glad you posted something like this or I'm glad that there's representation of this um so I saw a similar response in this one as well um where a lot of them were like you know this is great uh and we feel seen or we feel heard. Uh, but there were also a couple of people who say, no, this isn't right. This is unnatural. And, um, you know, like um, people have their opinions on it. And But I wouldn't take, uh, for example, a man's opinion on women's body hair as, something sacrosanct because it's not your body it's it's you have no right over it basically anyone else's opinion on your body should not matter to you as long as you feel comfortable with it right and you feel okay with it um i've also gotten another extreme uh, kind of response and these are mostly on the dms where i've gotten like messages like hey can we rub our leg hairs together or hey um you know it's so sexy <laughs> Uh, Oh, I like a hairy girl. You know, like, you would have never thought that hairy legs or like hands could be a fetish, but it really is. Um, And then people offering money to see me, um, to get pictures of my legs or my hands. Like weird, like really weird. The internet is a really weird place. So a whole range of um, reactions. But um, I think at the end of the day, when you look back at it, um, you have to feel comfortable with who you are and what you represent, what you believe in. Um, And I think for me, um, a very huge part of just personal growth is just learning to be comfortable with myself. And the things that I perceive as flaws, I just look at it as, you know what, it's a part of me. I can't change it. It's a biological part of me. Uh, i'm just gonna accept it and own it because when you're confident with yourself and your own body then nobody nothing anybody says can matter to you and nobody has that power to tear you down then
0: what are the other part of your page that's like cooking and oh yeah well like is that like you keep recording what all you make is it kind of are you like teaching people how to make
2: it like i'm i mean that's my goal i mean i would love to teach people how to cook i think um i do that at home as well with my brothers also here because of the lockdown so <laughs> any opportunity i get i love like dragging him to the kitchen and be like come let me teach you how to make cake i'll get my dad and be like let me teach you how to make ice cream so i love teaching people how to cook because there's that saying right teach a man to fish and sorry give a man a fish and he's um, Uh, satisfied for a day but teach him how to fish and he'll never go hungry for the rest of his life so the whole point of teaching someone how to cook is to make them independent uh, so that they they can feed themselves and also feed people that they love Um, and uh, yeah so whenever I cook and if there's something that I can document the steps on then I do it uh, on my stories or I try to do it in a video form but my main aim through all of this is not just to make people hungry and then give uh, business to Swiggy and Zomato. <laughs> but to actually show you that, look, it's it's pretty simple. I've shown you the steps, I've shown you the <laughs> ingredients, and you can definitely recreate it.
1: What's the hardest thing that you've cooked like in your life or that you filmed on Instagram? Um,
2: I think the most complicated dish that I've made uh, so far is the Vietnamese pho, which is... Um, it's, which is like a noodle soup so you have to like braise the bones for one hour in the pressure cooker with a whole bunch of onions and like all a lot of spices and vegetables uh, it was a long process so in terms of complexity that was one another was something called a koila butter chicken which again is made in a pressure cooker with a whole bunch of spices several steps put in but all of these dishes like um anything that you cook in a pressure cooker for a long period of time tastes fantastic so um, the the reward at the end of the day is something you can actually consume right so that's excellent and another complicated dish uh, just complicated in terms of technical difficulty was salted caramels which i made recently um but they taste bomb so i will definitely make them again
0: wow instagram social media that's what you do so was that your motive to like become an Instagram star and be so active or
2: did like just eventually happen Uh so no definitely not I, I never entered into Instagram thinking I'm going to become a big star that and I think anyone who goes in with that approach never succeeds because you then you get very obsessed with numbers and your followers and you don't really concentrate on your content Uh I think when I started it was just For fun, I was just posting videos for my friends and they seemed to like it and then they started sharing it with more people and their friends and that's how this whole following thing happened. Uh, I still have a full-time job um, and I do really enjoy that. I also enjoy Instagram as well and I think it's possible to have a good balance of both Uh, and if anyone, I mean, you guys also are trying to like grow as a platform, right? So I would just say like, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think you've got some great podcasts so far, great guests so far, uh, just be consistent with what you're doing and I think you'll do a great job.
1: Yay. Positivity. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so,
2: um, how many languages do you actually speak? Um, English, Kannada, Malayalam, Tamil, Hindi, um, and I learned French in college and a little bit of Tulu, so I guess like I can understand/speak seven languages, but not very good at all of them. My fluency in these languages is very questionable. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I can if I meet someone who knows these languages, I can have I can communicate with them like on a very basic level. So I'm good to go in that sense. I can only speak two languages, so like anything more than that. What are the two languages you can speak? <laughs> Hindi and English. Hindi also. I don't know how I passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually like languages are really hard and I can I really admire someone who's very fluent in more than two three languages it's I really like even in school I was really bad at languages I was very good at everything else but languages or oh, I would just buy heart buy heart buy heart and pass <laughs>
1: even I don't understand languages
2: they are hard to learn yeah
1: so you started as a journalist how did okay tell us about how the transformation from a tv show to instagram uh, star <laughs>
2: um I, I i wouldn't say um it was really a transformation as much as a journey uh so when i look at instagram and when i look at my work i look at it at personal and professional and i see those as very two very different things but things that complement each other so with regard to the tv show the one that you're referring to hooked that was when i was working um at a tv channel so that was a byproduct of just working there and me making YouTube videos on the site. And so they saw the YouTube videos and they were like, hey, okay, you're, you're good on camera. You, you have a certain kind of style and we want you to do the show. That's how my personal experiments gave me a professional boost. And I kept doing hooked. And I, I, there I learned a lot of skills with regard to speaking in front of the camera, scripting, etc. And I would say those skills kind of transferred to how I do Instagram now. So um, all these things uh, just sort of worked together. And now all the skills that I'm learning on Instagram, I'm able to do it in my full, apply to my full-time job as well. So uh, I think no one should write off social media uh, as being a waste of time because I think you learn very useful real-life skills. And I'm sure you guys also, when you're going to go into the professional space, the stuff that you've learned by hosting this podcast is going to come in to very, very good use for you.
1: Mm, yeah. I but we we basically have a draft, like a rough draft of what we're gonna do. Otherwise, we'll be like clueless. We'll be like, oh no, what's happening? Oh, blank
2: out. <laughs> do you mean that uh while you have a conversation on your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that completely makes sense and that's actually the way you would go about it, right? Because you wouldn't want to go into an interview unprepared. I mean, even the best journalists would have five, six questions they have in mind before they enter the interview. So, I mean, I, I see nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
1: okay, so, but when you, you were, you did many internships, Right as a journalist did you have your own co- stories you ha- covered them stuff like that
2: yeah so i interned first at the hindu uh, where i got to like publish a bunch of articles with byline. so byline is where you get your name with the article right and mm-hmm. they liked my work mm-hmm. uh, and i also really liked working there so i continued to contribute to them even after i finished my internship so even while i was in college i was um Publi- like getting my stuff published in the Hindu and that was a really great learning experience for me to be learning from such seasoned journalists there and then I interned at uh, CNN IBN in Bangalore when I was my final year of college there I learned about TV journalism and I was like okay great because it gave me a lot of experience in terms of uh, sort of understanding what I wanted to do further and what um, I wanted to study Uh, And also, working in these professional spaces also give you a better understanding of when you're in college itself, right? Uh, You get an understanding of what really you need to focus on, even when it comes to academics, uh, which aspects you need to learn on, what are the skills you need to hone and you need to focus on. So if anybody is looking to, thinking about whether they need to do internships, I 100% highly, highly recommend. Um, Oh, nice. Okay. Um, what 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 are the places you've interned at?
0: There are actually like a few like startup companies and stuff. So like I was just like trying to get a feel of what the industry is like. It's like no, it's like not related to this, but yeah, I was just trying to get a feel. So that was more of just learning what kind of a job it
2: is, more than trying to you know get a very good one. Yeah, and I think that matters. Like as long as you keep learning. That's that's the best thing that you can do for your both your professional and your personal life, um, and I think that um, you know just being forward with people, just going up to someone and saying, "Hey, um, I want to intern. Can I do that?" And nobody's ever going to reject an internship. They are always happy to have people around, especially if they don't pay for interns. Uh, then they are more than happy to have that free help around. Um, so I think like make the most of any opportunity that comes your way Uh, even my first internship that I got at the Hindu uh, I actually went up to the office and I met the editor and I was like hi I want to intern here how do I do that and then he was like a little taken aback and he said okay I mean you'll have to send in these documents and like stuff like this but um, that really shows that you really want to be there and people like working with people who want to do well at what they do so I think that's the best the best approach to getting an internship.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so in a lot of movies, we see that uh, journalism is like a very strong profession. It's like um, the police are trying to stop you and then you f- put the ID card <laughs> in front and then they're like, yeah, okay, you're a media person, go in. Does that happen? Yeah, it
2: does. The press ID is a very... Um, I mean, look with any with any job, right? Your ID card is what lets you get by, and especially for journalists, they go into some really dangerous situations, um, and so the only thing that keeps you mm-hmm. safe is your ID card. Uh, I know there are a lot of people who do use their ID cards, like um, if they're speeding, and then you know you have that press sticker on your car, and police will be like, "It's okay, you can go. It's fine. <laughs> you say you're going for a story." Um, <laughs> I mean, like a lot of like doctors also do that, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think what you see on TV when it comes to journalism is very glamorized as with any other profession, uh, but you you really have to um, work really hard if you're in journalism, but I think it's a very rewarding profession. Uh, if you work in TV journalism, it's a huge adrenaline rush just being on the front lines of breaking news. Uh, and I think, um, if you're in journalism, there's never a day that you'll be bored. That I can assure you 100%. So there's always something happening every single day.
0: Have you ever experienced anything where, you know, you've been in a very tough tough situation where the
2: police is even behind you? Um, Not a very tough situation, but mostly, so I didn't do breaking news. I wasn't an on-ground reporter. I was mainly working um, on the editorial team, uh, which is like back in the studio and stuff. So there were times where we did shoots, but the police would stop us saying, you can't shoot here, you can't shoot there. So you just have to learn how to talk to police and like convince people that no, I mean, I'm a journalist, I wanna shoot here and stuff like that. Uh, but I I haven't been in situations where I've feared for my life. Uh, but I do know of my friends from journalism college and other colleagues who have been in really tough situations and I really admire their courage um, because it, it's really hard when you have to be cognizant of your personal safety and do your job at the same time. So, yeah.
1: Wow, I, I can actually feel how the job would be
2: when you're explaining <laughs> it. Are you interested in journalism?
1: I don't know yet. Maybe I am <laughs> after this conversation.
2: <laughs> I think it's definitely something you should explore but um, just in terms of if you are looking to do journalism I would um, recommend you getting your basics in a in a um, stream like maybe economics or Paul science or history or something like that so uh, I think you can you'll do better as a journalist if you have a strong foundation in one of these courses um, rather than just do journalism in your undergrad and then do journalism in your postgrad because I don't think you need three years to learn journalism in your undergrad at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's I, I think this is something I'll explore. I after we started this podcast, I have thought about RG as a mm-hmm. profession. Ooh. I don't know why, but but the journalism, no.
2: I'm as a kid I wanted
0: to be an RJ.
2: I should. <laughs> Their life <laughs> seems so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you should definitely it's like, like in turn at a radio station, or maybe even, um, I know that a lot of, even uh, like Indian Express has a very strong podcast team. So you could like join both, like marry both worlds of, you know, audio interviews plus journalism, if you're interested in seeing like, both of them work together. So there are a lot of opportunities um, out there. You just have to look. (laughs)
1: yeah we just started we're exploring actually we've got to know so much about the podcast things and then so much related to so many other streams we are
2: exploring yeah and I think it's really great that you started something like this because I think when you try something on your own uh, it teaches you like nothing I mean what you learn in college could never compare to what you learn while on the job right in terms of doing this podcast and
1: and one interesting thing I noticed in your Instagram profile was composting. Tell us about that. What is that? Why did you even start? Um, that? So
2: because I cook a lot, I'm also aware of how much waste goes in terms of just like say carrot peels or onion peels um, and stuff like that. And we do segregate our wet waste and our dry waste, but I still feel like uh. Mm, I like I feel like you can do more with your waste right instead of it going to a landfill like even if you segregate it here at the source you don't know you know that the dry and the wet waste is going to get mixed up again in the landfill um so I thought you know uh, I'd come across someone one of my friends doing composting actually and I was like oh okay I didn't know there was an option like this that you could do it at home and um I got the the composter the daily dump composter and I started off and it was so nice the fact that you take stuff that's um, in your kitchen stuff the waste that you generate as a as a family right and you put it to use where um, it's going into your own garden so i love how sustainable uh, and cyclical that whole process is like you get your fruits from the garden you use it up you chop it up and then it goes back into the garden that whole um, cycle where you're not you're trying to reduce your waste as much as possible and i think uh, going by the way that the environment is and the way climate change is progressing we all need to we all need to be more cognizant of the amount of waste we are generating and in our own capacity see what we can do
1: hmm that's interesting do you do you use earthworms because i have seen people using earthworms for composting like all different kinds of
2: so what happens when you compost is that Mm -hmm. there are these things called fruit flies which appear when your food is decomposing right so they actually the larva Mm -hmm. they lay eggs into it and maggots start growing so you don't have to add it but um, these eggs get dropped into the compost by the flora and fauna um, surrounding your wherever the compost bin is and so maggots start appearing in your compost pit and the other ones that eat up all of this and leave behind that what they call the black gold, right? So you don't have to, like, it is such zero maintenance, such low maintenance that it is ridiculous. Um, and this is why I think, uh, I think a lot of people don't compost because they think it's a lot of work, but honestly, all you have to do is just take your kitchen waste of the day, uh, go put it in the compost bin, uh, cover it, and then forget about it. Uh, and I think in about three to six months time, you get a whole bunch of fertilizer, completely natural and organic which you can put into your garden and then you'll get a really good bounty of fruits um, whenever your the next harvest season comes thank you so much for having me and I hope
1: my yes and I hope all my friends are proud of me you're the one person whom they requested so <laughs> that is so
2: sweet thank you uh, tell them uh, thanks for being my um, cheerleading team and my uh, wing women and men in a way <laughs> <laughs> and giving me this opportunity to talk to you guys it was a really nice conversation and i wish you all the best i think you're on the path of something very interesting and i can't wait to see where this off the beat podcast goes thank you yay thank you yay, so all much right.
1: means a lot Bye-bye. bye